0: All right, hey, Fritz Berger and and bloodandfaith.com, we're going to talk about Gideon today. Last week we finished up uh, Judges through, oh, I think Judges 4 and 5, a story of Barack and Deborah, uh, Judges that God raised up, a prophetess that God raised up, and they went off and chased off the bad guys. Talked a lot about the fear that was in the heart of man, and people had to decide what they're going to do with their fear. Are you going to face your fears and are you going to proceed anyway, or are you going to shrink back in, a, in historical shame? Are you going to be one of the people that shows up to battle and fights? Or are you going to be one of the people that says, you know what, it's not worth it, and they don't go out, and they will endure the shame for eternity? Some people went forward and fought, even though it was very likely that they would be destroyed. Others said, no, it's not worth it. That will be remembered on the great day. But today we're going to talk about Gideon. Gideon is, begins in Judges chapter 6. Now, the bad guys were oppressing the people of God. And in this context, it's in a historical context, this isn't spiritual oppression, this isn't, oh, you know, you're having economic woes because you bought 14 cars and couldn't make the payments. Their land was invaded by foreign people, and they were being oppressed economically and physically. Their lives were on line. Israel was brought very low because of Median, and the sons of Israel cried to the Lord. All right, verse 11, Judges chapter... Six. Then an angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress in order to save it from the Midianites. So here's Gideon. He's beating out wheat in the winepress. Why? To hide. He's trying to be the gray man. I, this is a, a sermon I've preached many times, but it's worth doing it again. Trying to keep his head down trying to know, never mind. I'm not really here. I'm just trying to, you know, make it through, because things are really bad. So the angel of the Lord appears to him, and the angel of the Lord says, the Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. And Gideon says to him, "Oh, my Lord, if the Lord was with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did the Lord, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? And now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Median. The Lord looked at him and he says, Go in this your strength, and deliver Israel from the hand of Median. Have I not sent you? And he said to him, O Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's house. But the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Median as one man. Now, is that not us talking? Lord, how can, I, how can I overcome the evil in the United States today? How can I do this? There's no way. I mean, come on. I'm, I'm barely making it as it is. I'm beating out the wheat in the wine press. I'm, I'm hanging on by my fingernails, Lord, and you want me to go out and defeat the Midianites? I, I I can't even do what I'm supposed to do on a normal basis without getting their attention. So I'm trying to hunker down low. And Lord said, no, no, you're it, man. You have faith. You have faith. You, you know what... I did to your ancestors, for your ancestors, I'm calling you to do it. Oh, you who are least in the house, in the least house of the least tribe of the nation of Israel. A lot of us out there like that. Who am I? I am not rich. I am not powerful. I am, I am really insignificant. And the Lord says, hey, it's you. I'm tapping you. There's a lot of us out there. A lot of us out there saying, I don't know why me, but here I am. There's grandmas out there. I know two grandmas that are starting up uh, uh, podcasts, TikTok videos. Go out there and preach the gospel. Why? Because nobody else will do it. Nobody else will stand up. Nobody else will go out there and do what needs to be done. So God said, I'll, I'll get some grandmas out here. Show you men up. That was part of the story last week when, when uh, the man said, well, I'm not going up unless the woman goes up. And, and the woman says, okay, fine, but you will not have the honor. I'll give the honor to the woman. the The honor will go to a woman. He doesn't save by many, he doesn't save by few. And that's the whole story of Gideon. All right. Gideon says, O Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's house. But the Lord said, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. So Gideon said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you indeed who is speaking to me. Who's you? Who's the you? It's Jesus Christ. Okay, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, I've told you guys this. All the patriarchs served Jesus Christ, pre incarnation. All the patriarchs served Jesus Christ. They knew Jesus Christ. They spoke to him face to face. Moses spoke with Jesus Christ face to face as a man speaks with his friend face to face. You don't do that with the Father. No man has seen the Father. They were speaking to Jesus Christ. Israel, Jacob, wrestled with Jesus Christ wrestled with the dude. And Jesus won, by the way, just to let you know. So here's Gideon. He's face to face with Jesus Christ, the Lord. So Gideon went in and prepared a young goat and an unleavened bread with an epho flour, and he put the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot, and he brought them out under the oak and presented them. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread, and lay them on the rock, and pour it out on the bro- uh, to pour out the broth. And so he did. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread. And fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. When Gideon saw that he was in fact the angel of the Lord, he said, "Alas, O Lord God! For now I have seen the angel of the Lord." face-to-face. Face. If you saw God, you're going to die. That's That was, you know, everybody knew that. Oh, if you see God, you're going to die. But the Lord said to him, the Lord? What do you mean the Lord? I thought it was an angel. It's the Lord. The Lord. The Lord. The Lord. didn't say the angel said It says the Lord said to him, Peace be to you. Do not fear, you shall not die. Jesus Christ showed up. Like he showed up to Abraham. Like he showed up to Jacob. Like he showed up to Moses. Like he showed up to Gideon. The patriarchs worship Jesus Christ. They all worship Jesus Christ. They declared Jesus Christ. Moses received the Ten Commandments from Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the rock from which the sons of Israel drank in the desert for 40 years. Bible's crystal clear about that. Was it not I who brought you up? Was it not I who was the Savior? When you read about the Lord here in, 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 in Genesis, Exodus, and all through the prophets, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. No man has seen the Father. Jesus Christ makes that very clear. The Gospels make that clear. The Epistles make it. Clear. No man has seen the Father except for the one from the bosom of the Father, which is Jesus Christ. So when they're, when they're talking to the Lord... Exodus chapter three, and it's very clear that Jesus, that 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 Moses spoke with the Lord. Who's he seeing? Jesus Christ. Okay, and so you got all these people, these fake people. They call themselves; they're just imposters. They're frauds. Call themselves Jews, but they're not, and they're liars. The patriarchs worshipped Jesus Christ. Make no mistake about that. And when the prophets heard from the Lord, they heard from the Lord Jesus Christ. When Adam and Eve were walking with the Lord in the garden in the cool of the day, it was the Lord Jesus Christ, pre-incarnation. Jesus Christ existed with God before the creation of of the heaven and the earth. And it was Jesus Christ that created everything. It is Jesus Christ that is the Creator. Well, I never heard that before. Well, it's in the Bible. It's all over in the Bible. Hebrews chapter 1, John chapter 1. When angels host the angel of the Lord, he said, Alas, O God, for I've seen the angel of the Lord, and I shall die. And the Lord said to him, Peace be to you, don't fear you shall not die. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and named it the Lord is peace. And to this day it is an Ophrah. Of the Now on the same night, this is where it gets even more interesting, the Lord said to him, take your father's bull and a second bull seven years old. So take your dad's bull. There's a lot of money tied up in a big bull, a lot of money there. And take a second bull seven years old and pull down the altar of Baal, which belongs to your father, and cut down the Asherah that was beside it. And build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this stronghold in an orderly manner, and take a second bowl, and offer a burnt offering with the wood of the asherah which you shall cut down. Now, let me set the picture for you. You've got a, a multicultural society, that had even infected the church. So yeah, we believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but we got our you know temple of Baal, we got our asherah there. You know, we're, we're tolerant and diverse. And Gideon had to address this with his own people, not just with the Midianites, not with just the bad people. He didn't say, go sort that out. He didn't say, God didn't say, go into the Midianites and burn down their bales or their ashes. He says, burn them down in your own father's house. Task number one, little man, Gideon, who was small in his own eyes, Go address the things going on in your own household, essentially, and in your own community, in your own nation, with your own race, with your own people. You kidding He says, are you kidding me? <laughs> he says, are you kidding me? Be careful what you ask for. I'm telling you, be careful what you ask for. Oh, God, use me. Oh, God, use me. Be careful what you ask for. He might show up under the tree while you're beating out the weed in a wine press and say, it's you, and you're going to do what Gideon said and said, oh, Lord, I'm the least one. Who, who am I? I'm telling you, be careful what you ask for. You might get it. At the very least, Gideon said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go kill me some Midianites. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to whoop those boys. He said, okay, forget the Midianites. You're going to start. With your own people, your own race. And you're going to tear down some things that are very sacred in their household, very sacred in their household. That they've worshipped for years, and they've built a little camp around it. And if you go after that, they're going to kill you. Forget the Midianites, your own people are going to kill you. And Gideon knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew that they were going to come out to kill him verse 27 judges chapter 6 then gideon took 10 men of his servants and did as the lord had spoken to him and because he was too afraid of his father's household and the men of the city to do it by day he did it by night okay he took his life in his own hands i mean he said this this is i'm i'm going to get killed they're going to they're going to kill me but he did it he did it he went after those sacred cows, those things that you don't question in that circle. I've questioned a, well, I've gone off a sacred, gone after a sacred cow or two, I guess, haven't I? Here at bloodandfeet.com. Never thought I'd go down that road in my lifetime. Never, ever, ever could have imagined it. And one day I'm like, Lord. Lord, why are my people being destroyed? Why are my people being destroyed, Lord? This isn't natural. This is demonic. It's from the pit of hell. Why? Why? What's going on? I don't understand this. So I did what I'm supposed to do. I went to the Scriptures, and the Holy Spirit showed me. He said, this is it, right here. It goes all the way back to Genesis 3.15. There's a perpetual enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. And you go out there in the church, it's got bales and ashers all set up there. Different sermon, different story. All right, so the next morning. When the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was torn down, and the Asherah which was beside it was cut down, and the second bull was offered on the altar which had been built. Sacrilege. You can't say that. How dare you say that. And they said to to one another, who did this thing? And when they searched about and they inquired, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, he did this. And the men of the city said to Joash, bring out your son that he may die. For he has torn down the altar of Baal, and indeed he has cut down the Asherah, which is beside it. He went after some sacred cows, right with his own people, his own race. But Joash, the dad, said to all who stood against him, Will you contend for Baal, or will you deliver him? Whoever will plead for him shall be put to death by the morning. If he is a god, let him contend for himself, because someone has torn down his altar. Well, there you go. Man, isn't that an encouraging word? First of all, dad steps in and says, "I You ain't killing my son. Not on my watch, you're not. I don't care about your little sacred cow. You're not touching my son. He says, if if these idols that you have are so great, why why doesn't your idols take care of themselves? Why doesn't your Baal and Asherah go out and slay him if they're so mighty, if you think this is true? If, 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 If Gideon is doing something so heinous and so horrendous and so horrible and so counter to what you think is righteous and holy, well, then let their gods slay him directly. How about that? How about that for a word? Therefore, on that day he named him Jerobal, saying, Let Baal contend against him. Because he had torn down his altar, because he's torn down his altar. Look, if this is if this is not of God, let God slay me. Let God slay me. May it be. Joash, she says, Hey, let Baal contend with Gideon. If Baal's so powerful, let Baal contend with him. Then all the Midianites and the Malachites and the sons of the east assembled themselves, and they crossed over and they camped in the valley of Jezreel. Now, here was another impossible situation. There's no way. There's no way you can fight all these people. There's no way. It's not, it's not even remotely possible. You, you can't. So the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and the Abiezrites were called together to follow him. And he sent messengers throughout Manasseh, And they were called together to follow him. And he sent messengers to Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, and they came up to meet him. Okay, these are the different tribes, different tribes within Israel. Asher is a tribe, Zebulun is a tribe, Naphtali is a tribe, Manasseh is a tribe. And said, okay, let's find him. But now Gideon's still a little scared. He puts out a fleece. What's a fleece? Well, I'm so glad you asked. We're going to find out what a fleece is. Now Gideon said to God, if you will deliver Israel through me, as you have spoken, behold, I will put out a fleece of wool, little, little, a, a sheep's hide. It's a, it's a hide of a sheep. I'm going to put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on, it, on the fleece only, and if it is dry in the ground, then I will know that you will deliver Israel through me, as you have spoken. And it was so. Then he arose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece. He drained the dew from the fleece, a bowl of water. So it was as he said, there was dew on the the fleece and the, and the, the ground was dry. How does that happen? That's impossible. Well, that's what happened. Then Gideon also said to God, Do not let your anger burn against me, that I may speak once more. Please let me make a test once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece and let there be dew on the ground. And so the Lord did it that night, for it was dry only on the fleece, and the dew was on the ground. Now, I know knew of people years ago that said, well, you put out a fleece, and ask God, and have God show you. I, 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 I on one hand, I've never done that, but on the other hand, I've never been called out to go out there and go hand-in combat with 10,000 Midianites. All right? So it's not apples to, 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 to apples here. What I find, just, you know, whatever, however this works for you, here's how I act. Here's how most people act. God speaks to you, and the answer is either God said it, or you say, yeah, that wasn't God. I, you know, and it's very easy to say, you know what, that wasn't wasn't God. We never say, oh, I'm just going to disobey God. We don't do that. We don't do that. We just say, ah, nah, 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 I was just had some bad pizza last night, had some weird dream. I don't have the right answer for you on that. How do you know what God has told you to do? Well, number one, does it contradict scriptures? If it does, it's, it, it can't be God. God says, go out there and, and murder your neighbor. That's <laughs> not from God. Thou shalt not commit murder. So there's basic things like that. But, you know, it's all a walk of faith. It's all a walk of faith, man. It's all a walk of faith. And I'll give you another scripture. Let's see if I can find it. I don't know that I can find it. I want to say it's in Hebrews chapter 8. I probably won't be able to find it. Let's see what we can see here. I probably can't find it. But anyway, it says this. It says this. The the righteous one will live by faith, and, and if his soul shrinks, if he shrinks back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. If he shrinks back, my soul will take no pleasure in him. And that's scary, because it puts a lot on us. God's called you to do something. If we shrink back, the Bible says that the Lord's soul takes no pleasure in us. Puts a lot of pressure on us, doesn't it? And, and we don't come into this thing fully mature. We're like children, and we grow over our time in, in our life through our faith. Our faith grows. How does your faith grow? Step at a time. Little steps, baby steps, but you can't get to step four until you've gone through step one, two, and three. And it's up to us to make those choices. Early on, the choices are they are no less difficult. Sometimes they're harder early on. Do you really believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead? Do you really believe that? Oh. Uh, well. Uh. And you go through this process. Do you really believe the Bible's the Word of God? Oh. Uh. did yesterday (laughs) And you go through this stuff man do you really believe in eternal life or is this just some little fan it's just some silly little thing that you're going through fritz or whatever your name is out there is this just something you're going through a little phase you're going a little religious phase you're going through had a bad time and this is your solution and and you 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 got a chance to grow your faith. Well, I think uh, you know. Uh, and you, and you make these decisions, You make whatever decision you make. You make whatever decision you make. Yes, Jesus Christ rose in dead. Yes, this is the word of God. Yes, I'm loyal to Jesus Christ. Or, yeah, you know, I just went through a hard time, and you know. And you make whatever excuses you make, and, and you carry on with your life. And, and you go down the road, you go down. I mean, this is nothing, there's, this is, it's common to all mankind. All mankind does this. Everybody does this. And those that are called of Jesus Christ are called. But many are called, and few are chosen. And this is a hard, hard, hard lesson, and it scares me to talk about it because I am not any better than the next man. I'm not any better than the next man. I've made good choices in life, and I've made very poor choices in life. But I'm not any better than the next man, and it terrifies me because it's, 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 it's choices you make every single day, and choices you'll make every single day for the rest of your life, and it doesn't get any easier. You go through good times, you go through bad times, you go through easy times, you go through some really hard times, and you make your choices in life. Gideon said, oh, I believe in God, I know God can save us. God says, okay, you're it, buddy. It's like, uh, day one, excuses. Lord, I'm the least one in the least house, it ain't me. First thing he does, make excuses. This can't be God. And look, this is normal. This is normal. This is part of the Christian life. It can't be me. I'm just. And God says to get it. No, you you are it. You're it. You asked for it, buddy. You got it. Get is going. What did my, What did I get myself into? Holy mackerel! What did I get myself into? I even I even tested God. I said, well, if you're really God, you know, hang out here. But God hung out. Here's a little thing for you. He made it burn up in fire. And God said, okay, I want you to go do this. I want you to go burn down some idols in your own race with your own people, things that disgust me that I can't stand, that I don't want around anymore. And yeah, that you're gonna they're gonna probably kill you. Oh, that's not really God. That's not really God. God would never want me to do that. It's offensive. It's intolerant, it's divisive, it's anti Semitic. So getting had to make a choice. These are not easy, these are not easy choices. These are not easy choices. And it's the same for you and me every step of our life. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe I did it either. I can't believe I did it either. I was crazy, a crazy man. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said those things. That's by faith, man. It's by faith. You saying what you're supposed to say, you doing what you're supposed to say. Are you saying what Jesus Christ said? Are you saying the words of Jesus Christ? I know, I know. They're going to kill you. Yeah, yeah. All right. Moving on. Then, this is chapter 7, Judges. Then Jeroboam, Jerobal, which means he who contends with Baal. That is Gideon. And all the people who were with him arose early, and the camp besides the spring of Herod and the camp of the Midianites was over on the north side of them by the hill, by the hill of Moreh in the valley. For the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give Midian into their hands. For Israel would become boastful, saying, By my own power I have delivered myself. Now therefore come, proclaim in the hearing of these people, saying, Whoever is afraid and trembling, let him return and depart from Mount Gilead. All right. This is a scary story. I want you to listen to this very carefully. 22,000 people returned, but 10,000 remained. And this is what terrifies me. This is what terrifies me. How many times have I been part of that 22,000 that returned in my life? You think those 22,000 people thought anything of it? They're just like, oh, yeah, God says no, go back home. And they're like, yeah, okay, boom, didn't think about it. And what terrifies me is how many times in my life have I said, yeah, God says, you can go back, you don't have to do this. And I do, I, I go back, and I, I, I don't do what I'm supposed to do. It terrifies me. And only 10,000 people remained. What do you want out of life? What do you want to do out of life? What are you supposed to be doing? Gideon put forth the call, 32,000 people showed up. God said, I know, it. I know your heart's not in this. If you don't want to come, don't come. If you don't want to come, don't come. It's okay. Go back home. And this is true. No, 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 you know, no. No big deal. No 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 harm no foul. But it terrifies me that the Almighty can say to us, "Hey, you don't have to do this." And this is true in every step of our lives. We don't have to serve him. We don't have to live by faith. We don't have to sacrifice we get to where do we fall out on that it terrifies me because I don't man I only got one life only got one life I got one life to live and it's not that long it seems like you're going to live forever when you're a teenager and then you get to the other end of the stick, it's like, oh, where did it all go? And it's gone. And you know, the young people talk to the old people. The old people in every generation will say the same thing. It goes by quick, buddy. It goes by really, really quick. We only have this life to do what Gideon did. Well, I'm not Gideon. Well, you're somebody. God's called to do something. It may be May not seem big in your eyes, but it's going to be big in God's eyes because He gives every person a different gift, a different calling. At the end of the day, it's hard for everybody because He gives us the measure that of grace that we have. It's like you know calling Fritz Berger to be an NBA player. No, I can't be an NBA player. Okay, I, 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 <laughs> I'm not even six feet tall. There's no way. But you know what? That's not what he called me to do. He called me to, he called me to open up my mouth and speak, which he didn't call other people to do because they don't have that gift. So what gift do you have? What call do you have? To be a mother? To be a father? Raise children? Work hard? Paint a picture? Write a book? Do a podcast? Stand in a pulpit? Be a logger? Be a truck driver? Be a commercial fisherman? Be an example to other men? Just be faithful? Be a servant? Pray? I don't know. I don't know for you. But it all takes faith. It all takes faith. It all takes faith. And so the 32,000 show up, 22,000 turn back. Now he's got 10,000. Then the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you. Therefore it shall be that he of whom I said to you, this one shall go with you, and he/she sh- shall go for you. But everyone to whom I say, this one shall not go, he shall not go. Many are called, but few are chosen. Now, where does that put you in the lineup of eternity? I have no idea. Don't want to go there. I'm just assuming all these people are still saved, okay? But I'm also telling us, preaching to myself, you got this life. That's all you got. All you got is this life. And you go over to the Revelation. You go to the book of Revelation. And you read some of these letters to the churches, and he said, Listen, I got this against you. He said, Yeah, you're my church. That's why I'm writing you this letter. So don't worry about that. You're my church. I'm writing you this letter. But I got this against you. And then Jesus gives advice. My advice is you go out and you buy yourself some gold refined in fire. That's my advice to you. How do you get gold refined in fire? Man, you don't want that. You don't want gold refined in fire. I'm telling you, you don't. Well, come on, Fritz, tell us what's the secret? Telling you you don't want it. What's the answer? It's you gotta go through the fire, man. You gotta go through fire. You gotta go through trial. You gotta go through tribulation. Don't ever say God's gonna save me out of the tribulation. Your whole life is supposed to be a tribulation. Don't you read the book of John? Don't you read the book of Revelation where John's speaking, he says, Hey, I share with you in this great tribulation. This life is your tribulation. Now you can turn away and say, I don't want to to tribulate. I ain't got no tribulation. I ain't going to do no tribulation. Uh, -uh, It ain't for me. God didn't call me to tribulate. Jesus Christ is saying, hey, I advise you to buy gold refined in fire from me. And we'll get opportunities in the lives to stand to and, and, and to embrace the suck. Let's call it that way, embrace the suck. If you're a man out there. And, you know, if we all watch these Navy SEAL movies or these Army movies, and, you know, we live vicariously. Oh, I want to go do that. But you gotta, you got to embrace the suck. you got to live through it. you gotta, you got to endure. It ain't any different in, in, in serving Jesus Christ. No different in serving Jesus Christ. In this life, in this life alone, we have the chance of living by faith and enduring the suck and buying that gold refined in fire only in this life. Once this life is over, it's 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 up. It's it that's it. People say you can't take anything with you into eternity, but that's not true. You take your honor and you take the gold that you've refined in fire. Not the earthly gold. Not your bank account, not your 401k or whatever it is these days. All right. That's fine. I'll look it up. Go ahead and look it up, Fritz talking about this stuff, why don't you read it? Read it out loud to us. Don't hold us in suspense. This is Revelation chapter 3, verse 18. Message to Laodicea. He said, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you might become rich. Okay? Verse 19, those I love I reprove. He's saying this to people he loves. I advise you buy gold refined in a fire. What's that fire? It's the trials of life. And does it suck? Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> Go ask Jesus Christ if it sucked. First Peter, chapter one, verse, f- verse six. In this you greatly rejoice, Christian. even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. So that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have never seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. In this life, we have opportunities to buy that gold refined by fire. That's all they can do is give us the opportunity. And what scares me is we don't have to pick it up. We don't have to take it. That's what scares me. And, and, and I, I want to be the guy to pick it up. But you always have a chance. You know, you go back. You, you guys, you watch the Navy SEAL things, right? Because we all do. Because we all want to be, you know, the brave warrior. And they're going through their little, you know, their workout camp, and they're going through their training. And you can always go, you can always ring that bell. Ring that bell anytime. Tap out. I'm done. Can't do that anymore. I've done that in my life. I have done that in my life. Ain't proud of it, but I've done it in my life. But the good news is, you can say, "Lord, I, sh- I screwed up," because <laughs> we're His sons. We're His children, man. He loves us. We're His children. So you go back and say, "Okay, all right, I, all right, I made the choice. I made, but Lord, I'm not giving up." You don't give up till life's over. Once life's over, then then the time's up. Until then, you're in boot camp. We're all in boot camp. And you ain't going to give up. There's always a five-mile run to go on every day. And if you quit for a while, get back on. Start running again. Look, you're not dead yet. If you ain't dead yet, you're still in the game. If you're worried about being in the game, you're still in the game. That's the good news. If you're worried about being in the game, you're in the game. I've been there. I've done this, guys. I'm not any better. When I tell you this, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not any better than the next guy. I've rung the bell. I've tapped out. I said, I can't do this anymore, God. I've said that. Not proud of it. Shamed of it. But if we're still alive and and we're thinking about it, it ain't over. Come on. Got another five-mile run going. Join us. Stand too. Come on. Well, I'm scared. You should be scared. You're supposed to be scared. Yeah, that that's that's right. Well, I might get beat up. I might, might hurt me. Yep. Yep. You're right. Might be dangerous. Yep. I might fall off the ladder. Yep. I might fall out of the helicopter. Yep. I might drown. Yep. It's all. About, that's what it's all about. Believe me. And there's many times I just wanted to cash it on and said, I can't do this anymore. And sometimes I have. If you're listening to this, you're still in the game, man. You're still in the game. Say, Lord, whatever's behind is behind. Forgetting what lies behind, I reach forward to that which lies ahead and grasp that for which I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. So he's down here, he's got the 22,000. Takes them down to the drink. Some people just dunk their head underwater. They're not really paying attention to what's going on around them. Other people, they keep their eyes on the horizon. They dip their hand in and bring the water up to them so they can keep their eyes on the situation, paying attention. God says, I'm going to deliver you with those 300 men. So he sent the rest home. So he takes the 300 The 300 took the people's provisions and their trumpets into their hands. And Gideon sent all the other men of Israel, each to his tent, but retained the 300. Now the same night it came about that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have given it into your hands. And Gideon's going like, this is insane. I'm insane. God, you're not insane, but I'm insane for even listening to you. Believe me, I've said that prayer a lot of times. And the Lord says, but if you're afraid to go down, go with Pura, your servant, go down to the camp. Lord sends his friends, sends his helpers, sends his people to encourage us. And you will hear what they have to say, and afterwards your hands will be strengthened that you may go down against the camp. So he went down with Purah, his servant, down to the outpost of the army that was in the camp. Now the Midianites and the Malachites and all the sons of the east were lying in the valley as numerous as the locusts, and their camels were without number as numerous as the sand of the sea. There's no way, guys. There's no way. There's 300 dudes. There's no way. It's not possible. So Gideon comes down, and behold, a man was relating a dream to his friend. And he said, Behold, I had a dream. A loaf of barley bread was tumbling into the camp of Midian, and it came to the tent and struck it so that it fell, and it turned it upside down so the tent lay flat. And his friend replied, Well, this is nothing less than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. God has given Midian and all the camp into his hand. Okay? Okay. Gideon gets a little encouragement just, to, just at the right moment because it's like there's no way. There's sorry, uh, uh-uh. uh. He was going to do it anyway, but it's like this is this is not. God gives him a little encouragement. When Gideon heard the account of the dream and its interpretation, he bowed and worshipped, and he returned to the camp. And he says, "Arise, for the Lord has given the camp of Midian into your hands." This is unbelievable. There's hundreds of thousands of them down there. they got 300 men. There's no way, guys. And Gideon put not only his life on the line, but the life of his servant Pura and the life of the 300 men and the life of the rest of Israel. Because after they got done with those 300, well, you don't think they're going to go gobble up the rest of Israel? Gideon put his life on the line and the life of his men on the line. By faith. If he shrinks back, my soul will take no pleasure in him. It's by faith, man. It's by faith. So he divided the 300 into three companies, and he put trumpets and empty pitchers into the hands of all of them with torches inside the pitchers. And he said... Look at me and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outskirts of the camp, do as I do. And when I and all who are with me blow the trumpet, then you will blow the trumpet in all the camp and say for the Lord and for Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outskirts of the camp at the beginning of the middle, at the beginning of the middle watch. So it was dark outside. And when they had just posted the watch and they blew the trumpets and smashed the pitchers. So they divided their company that surrounded them. All the torches start, 300 torches go off at once, and the horns start blowing. And the enemy camp's going, what's going on? When the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers, they held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing, and they cried a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each stood in his place around the camp, and all the army ran, crying out as they fled. When they blew 300 trumpets the sword, the Lord set the sword of one against another, even throughout the whole army. And the army fled as far as Beth Shittah towards Zerera as far as the edge of Abel, Abel, Mahola, and Tabath. I'm going to stop right there. That's enough. You don't know what God's going to do until you go out and do what you're supposed to do. You don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Got a suicide mission. Go on it, Gideon. I know you're 300 men and there's hundreds of thousands of them men trained for war. You don't know what God's done. You don't know if you go out there and you, and you and you blow the trumpet and you light the torch and he's going to send confusion amongst the sons of darkness. So you read that story and you have great faith. Like I said, i got two grandmas out there, they're, they got their, they just got their new horns, and they're out there turning on their torches, and they're, they're blowing their horns. When the Word of God goes forth, there's panic that goes into the heart of Satan's army. Panic. And that's why they hate it when you preach the Gospel. They hate it when you say the words of Jesus Christ. They, say, they hate it when you read the Holy Scriptures. Absolutely hate it. But there's something that happens when you say what Jesus Christ said, when you say what the Holy Spirit inspired people to say. And it goes out there, into the atmosphere, into the world, into the heart of the enemy, and it destroys strongholds that you and I can't see. Maybe we won't even see it in our lifetime, but it's going to happen. The Bible says the word goes forth, it does not return void. It's impossible for the word of God to return void. Impossible. It cannot return void. And we go out there and we light those torches, we blow that trumpet, and there's confusion in the heart of the seed of the serpent. And they turned around and they started slaughtering one another. That's our great hope. I look around, I cross the sons and daughters of Christendom, my people, my race that I love dearly, that I love with all my heart, the European peoples, my race, my blood, my people, and I cry out for them. It's a God. I see the strongholds of the enemies. It is impossible to overcome because it's so deep and rotten and twisted. But he's got the 300. He's got 10,000 Gideons out there. They were blowing the trumpet, man. We're turning that light on. You're one of them. You're one of them. Can't see it. Oh God, the day will come when they turn upon each other and slaughter each other and we will rebuild Christendom. We will rebuild Christendom. We'll build Christian nations. And our brothers, the white race, will again build nations to glorify Jesus Christ, just like our ancestors did. Just like our ancestors did. And we will resurrect those those flags, those banners with the cross of Jesus Christ on them. It's my prayer for all peoples, everywhere. But we're going to build Christian nations. Fritz Berger, bloodandfaith.com.